Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is presented to you by our friends over at MyBookie. Football is back, and so is winning season at MyBookie. NFL, college football, and a brand new cash-out system give you options to bet and win all season long. First two legs of your parlay hit, cash out early and use the funds on another bet, or let it ride for the chance at a bigger payday. Use early cash outs as a tool to stay in control of the action at MyBookie. To get started, go to MyBookie.ag now and register an account for free. When you're ready to make your first deposit, just use promo code TSUS to grab a welcome bonus on the house. That's promo code TSUS to claim your deposit bonus and, for a limited time, a free chip to use in the MyBookie Casino. You can bet on anything, anytime, anywhere, only with MyBookie. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi-entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of. They have got it over at Prize picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. They're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So, again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use that promo code TS. U.S. to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it! We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. of Crane and Company. And check out his show, by the way. Those guys do a fantastic job over at Crane and Company. Jake, and by the way, just to let you know, the past couple of Sundays, I've been catching you guys in the mornings, getting the college football recap and the NFL previews. And you guys are doing a fantastic job with that, man. So keep up the great work. And I appreciate you taking the time once again. Dude, I, I always love coming on here. Uh, you know how much respect I have for you and, and enjoy chopping it up with you guys. It mama makes me happy. Uh, yeah, uh, man, just uh, hit 100,000 on YouTube, too. We're um, just blown away. It's uh, just wild, man. We uh, we love what we get to do. And, you know, taking live calls every day now, man, it's gotten wild. Like, it's uh, it's <laughs> – we have some people calling in. I mean, the trash talk is, is at an elite level. We had some Arkansas fan – we had – an Arkansas fan come in and kind of say they're going to beat LSU. An LSU fan call in and basically make fun of everybody that's ever lived in Arkansas. And then an Arkansas fan came in today and pulled the CDC obesity numbers. And so yeah. I just going for the jugular. Oh, going for the jugular, man. But no, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. We got a Saturday game day special too with David Pollock uh, that we're dropping tonight nice. um, as well. So uh, yeah, man, it's. Uh, Pumped, ready to go. Big glad, glad to see, glad to see David Pollock getting back in the fold with somebody, man. That's awesome. That's awesome, he's dude. What great a, for college football and a boneheaded yeah. decision, I thought, by game day to let him go. Either way, that's a story for the day. But uh, a lot of success, well deserved, Jake. Again, congratulations to you guys. Let's get into it, man, because you guys or you specifically had a take that I agreed with, and I wanted you to expand mm-hmm. on, and that was. When you look back at week three, South Carolina goes into Athens, not a you know not getting much of a shot from anybody, including me, and went toe to toe with Georgia for a half heck, let them fourteen to three at halftime, and you know looking at that game, it was somewhat mixed emotions because I you know admittedly as someone that picked the Gamecocks to lose by twenty nine points, if you'd have told me you'd have had a ten point loss twenty four to fourteen in post game, I would have said. I'll sign up for that in a heartbeat. But when you look at when it happened and you started to dive back into the film and, and watch the replay of the game, and it just it felt like that maybe South Carolina let go of a golden opportunity by going away from the things that got them to that point, that point in the first place. Talk about that game, because I know that was something you mm-hmm. went on Mark Ryan's show and mentioned that you felt like maybe the Gamecocks went away from some things that were working in a day that was you know, we take away great progress. I mean, what did you see, though? It almost seemed as if South Carolina dropped the ball and a chance at a big-time upset. Well, you know, it's it's funny. A couple of weeks ago, after South Carolina lost to North Carolina, you know, we were talking about, hey, what what can they do? The offensive line struggling. 
Are they going to be able to run the ball? You can't be one-dimensional. And what do we say? You need to take a page out of Colorado's playbook against TCU. Hey, we know we can't run it. We'll supplement the running game with a quick passing game. Well, that's exactly what South Carolina did in the first half against Georgia. And it was working. It was working to the point where Georgia didn't quit on the pass rush, but it's so demoralizing when you just can't get there. And then all of a sudden, when he is in true drop back and going through his reads, you're kind of slow to convert power to speed. Or, or you're like, all right, well, I'm just going to mud rush and, and get ready to run laterally and go make a tackle on a guy catching a screen. Uh, and it was working. Georgia looked off balance. And, and then on the Georgia side, offensively, I mean, they kept the training wheels on Carson Beck the whole first half. I mean, it was absolute vanilla ice cream and peanut butter and jelly on offense. Uh, it was almost like they were just that Georgia just thought they were going to line up and just be better than South Carolina the whole time, regardless of game plan, and try and save as much as possible offensively. And then they realized, oh my God, we're down fourteen to three. South Carolina's controlling the game. Juice Wells going out early sucks. That's unfortunate. But uh, no, it, the game plan was so good going into it. It's what you had to do. You had no other choice than to do that, and it was working. But this, the game of football is about adjustments. The best teams are the ones that adjust the best. It's like Mike Tyson said, everybody has a game plan until you go get punched in the mouth. It's the teams that can come in at halftime and say, all right, here's what they're doing. They're either doing what we thought they were doing, and we still need to make some adjustments, but, it, but it's going the way we thought, or they're doing something different than we thought they were going to do. Now we have to adjust. And then on the offensive side, what we're doing is not working. Now we have to adjust. You can tell which staff made the best adjustments coming out of halftime. Now, that isn't to say that everything that South Carolina did after halftime wasn't good, but you went away from what was working, and you didn't even really, honestly, force Georgia to adjust on defense. You really played right into their hands. Uh, you, you, not to, you didn't get cute. You almost just... We're, it was like you were so shocked that it was working. You're like, all right, well, they're going to adjust, so let's let's pre-adjust with an adjustment. Instead of saying, you know what, let's run this. You, you, know, you don't go broke making a profit, or if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Let's do this until they have to adjust to something, and then we'll change if we have to. But they kind of preemptively did it, and Georgia really didn't do anything differently defensively the second half than they did the first. You overthought yourself. That's what you did. Uh, and then defensively, Georgia opened up the playbook. It was funny. Georgia started doing the things that South Carolina was doing in the first half. Go go look at the start of the second half. What was it? Perimeter, perimeter quick game. Perimeter quick game. Inside run, play action. Perimeter quick game. Perimeter quick game. Inside run, play action. And they started getting Brock Bowers more involved. So uh, I, was, I was surprised to see that. Um, I thought South Carolina was really up to play that game. You had guys playing at a higher level than what they normally played at. And I will say this. Nobody in college football is more important to their team than Spencer Rattler. It's not even close. This man is making himself so much money this year by the way he is playing. And to me, it's, it's not even just the physical aspect of it. We always knew Spencer had a good arm. We always knew Spencer Spencer had enough wiggle to make it interesting. But his maturity as a player and as a teammate, I see him leading now. He'll still get upset. You know, he'll still, but, but that's part of it. Everybody does that. But I see him leading now. And when, if I'm an NFL scout, that was the biggest box that was left to check. It wasn't his ability to throw rolling right. 
it wasn't his ability to fit the fit the whole shot in against cover two or drop the lollipop in there on the nine route. So that's good. That that's good to see. But here's the problem for South Carolina. You can only get up to play that well so many times a year. That's just human beings. That's how it is. Not that you don't want to play good. If you always played how you felt or wanted to play, nobody would ever play bad. But that's not how this game works. And here's what's scary about Mississippi State, okay? Mississippi State just got embarrassed in front of a national audience, their fans, their family, that girlfriend they've been hanging out with that they know is way, way too good looking for them lately, in front of everybody, in front of God and everybody. So they're feeling it right now. They've got to come in and play well. What's the best way to beat embarrassment? By grabbing glory. If you're, you're South Carolina. You're going to watch the film of Mississippi State and be like, what? Like, what? am I getting punked? Like, where's Ashton Kutcher at with all the cameras? Uh, and, and it's going to be tough to get up as high as you were and play at the level you were playing at against Georgia. But you are at home. I've coached in that stadium. I mean, you you know, you turn into the red light district. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. It's going to be crazy, but it's don't think Mississippi State's coming in here and they're just going to lay down and die because that's that's not what's going to happen. Zach Arnett's feeling it. Not that they're going to fire him, but there's a very sour taste in Starkville. And you got some old heads on that team. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Jake, admittedly, this is a game that terrifies me, if I'm being totally transparent. Yeah. I've, I've, pick, I've picked South Carolina to win the game. Just And my biggest reasoning, Jake, is this, as we transition and talk about this Mississippi State game tomorrow night, I've picked South Carolina to win simply due to the fact that it seems as if when the Gamecocks have their backs against the wall, especially at home at night, that is when they show up. That's I feel like that's when we tend to get all of the, you know, a lot of the beamer ball, a lot of the the – the opportunistic plays on defense. It's almost like, mm-hmm. like you mentioned, the the red light district, the crowd, the environment. It's almost like it, it wills the ball to bounce South Carolina's way. I don't know if that makes any sense, but it's no, just it like does. that's more, a real thing. More good things tend to happen when South Carolina is on its home field at night, which I think a lot of SEC teams can say that. But with Woody Marks, and, and like you mentioned, for Mississippi State, there's nowhere to go but up. They got embarrassed last week. I mean, LSU took them to the woodshed. And I just wonder, Jake, even with the way that Spencer Rattler's playing, how many times can you have success not being able to run the ball and not being able to stop the run? Like, can you, you just can't make a living doing that. And so 
you knew it's you know it's going to lead to inconsistencies. It just is. There's going to be nights South Carolina can get away with it. Spencer Rattler's going to play out of his mind, and they're going to win the football game anyways. And that's what I think is going to happen. But what scares me, Jake, is like the margin for error is so small because what if Spencer Rattler just plays okay? What if he just has an all right yeah. game? God forbid he's not good. If he's not good, they don't have a chance. But what if he's just okay? And then Woody Marks from Mississippi State gets rolling and Will Rogers finds it again. Like, I, I just – I find it hard to believe Kevin Barbe and Zach Garnett are not going to open it up and let Will Rogers sling the football because he just – he looked like a shell. Of, I mean, to say he well, looked well, like a shell – Well, I mean – He looked well, like he's JV against varsity last week. Their offensive line was horrible. That's yeah. what somebody asked me on the radio this morning, and Kevin Barbe's new offensive system must not work. I was like – my, bro- my brother, let-, let me tell you something. I don't care if you run the triple option. I don't care if you run the air raid. I don't care if you run some new offensive system I've never heard about that hadn't even been invented yet. If you cannot block for the run and you cannot protect for the pass, it is not going to work. It's just not going to work. And Mississippi State couldn't pick up a twist last week, let alone swipe or gut cross or bullets or some exotic pressure. They couldn't, they couldn't pick up a simple twist. LSU is buying real estate in the backfield. So Will Rogers, if you go watch, is literally having to catch the ball, and they're running combinations that you have to let get down the field. Like, they've got to develop. And he's sitting there just having to having to be like Professor X and go in that big dome and try and figure out where everybody's going to be all the time, minus the wheelchair, which if it keeps going this way, he'll be in a wheelchair. But here's, here's what I will say. Here's what I will say. South Carolina is better than Mississippi State, in my opinion. They are, and they're at home. Are they a lot better? Are they worlds better than Mississippi State? No. So you're right. The margin for error is smaller. But here's another thing. the the You showed your hand against Georgia with how you kind of want to play this thing early. You said, all right, and Zach Arnett's a defensive guy. So here's what they're going to say in the meetings of Mississippi State this week. Okay, guys, look, South Carolina's struggling to run the ball, right? Our run defense, even though it isn't great, you know, it's it's not awful. If we can play too high and stop the run, we know they're going to resort to the quick game to supplement the run game. So how do we adjust to that? So the more you play, obviously, the more your tendencies and the more the, the book's out on you. So how does logins and all them adjust to that? The easy answer is run the ball better. Run the ball better. But that's a lot easier said than done when you don't have a great offensive line. So the, the chess match this week, is what I find find very interesting because again, if you're not evolving, you're dissolving, and you have to be able to have add-ons to what you're doing, even when you do something new, even if when you've been saving something. Once you show it, you play show and tell. All right, the the world sees it now. They're gonna work it. You need to have an answer for it. So, look w- w- when I look at South Carolina, uh, this this just feels like one of those games, Chris, where there's a big special teams play that, that switches the game. And I'll say this. South Carolina's got one of the best special teams units. Shane Beamer is unbelievable at it. Unbelievable at it. But Tulu Griffin can cause some problems, too, now in special teams. That, that's a name to watch out for. And here's the thing we say, South Carolina, you can't give Mississippi State any hope. Kill it early. Kill it early, and they'll tuck and run. Because there's a lot of doubt, right? They need something good to happen early in this game. Or, or it's, oh, no. Wow, we really do suck. Jake, to your point, who do you think this is a bigger game for? Because I think both sides can can make a case for their own uh, their own respective side, if you will. 
Well, I mean, I think I think it's you know this. It's always a big game, right? When you're at this right, level, right. but but I think it's for different reasons, right? Ne- neither neither coach is going to get fired if they lose this game. But if you look at the Mississippi State side of it, if you lose this game, now that sour taste gets even worse. Now people at Mississippi State are looking around like, man, maybe we shouldn't have promoted from within like this. Maybe Zach Arnett isn't ready. You are you always have that young coach that's now a head coach, you know, kind of backdoor uh, for the administration to say, well, you know, he's just not ready. That that excuse is always there. That's you again. That I've seen old guys that can't coach and young guys that can. I've seen it vice versa. Uh, so if it's Mississippi State, it's a trajectory thing, right? For South Carolina. To me, it it's obviously huge because trying to get back to a bowl game, you know, you you want to prove people like me that picked you five and seven wrong and keep this kind of momentum building up that you're developing, right? You, you're still building the house. You poured the foundation. It looks good. Now you're starting to put the infrastructure in it. You don't want to set back. You don't want to flood where now all of a sudden people say, uh, oh, my goodness, well, you know, we're really, really bad this year. It's going to take us two years to recover. Oh, my goodness. Clemson's having a down year. Um, you know, Clemson's having a down year, and we can't take advantage of it. Uh, so it, it's big for for multiple reasons. And I'll say this. Jeremy, I, I see you say Mississippi State gets a pass after Leach. I mean, damn people, that is a lot. So let, me, let me tell you something about this business, buddy. You don't get a pass in the SEC. What world do you live in? Where you get it. You think Mississippi State fans, after the game, after getting embarrassed by LSU, was like, well, guys, it's let's just give them a pass. You think all the boosters and all the people that pay money that that, that they earn to help that program, like, oh, let's just give them a pass. No, this isn't th- this isn't a lemonade stand, bro. What world do you live in? Like, this is SEC football. That there is no pass that you get. Like that, it's just that's not how it works. You don't live in reality. I mean, it's sorry, not sorry. Jake, if you had to make a pick for this game, where would you go? You've already said a special teams play could decide it, but I mean, this is, I feel like this is one of those games back when we were at SEC Media Days that we were looking forward to just because, you know, this is like probably the third or fourth biggest game of the weekend in the SEC, but it's like this might be one of the most entertaining because it's literally a coin flip. Yeah, look, I mean, I I picked South Carolina to win this game um, before the year. I, I again, the, the thing that wor- that worries me is you were on, you got so up uh, for for that Georgia game. Yeah, Jeremy, I live in the real world. You live in Narnia, bro. Where's Mister <laughs> Tumnus and the Ice Queen? I don't know what. We'll step outside, touch grass, bro. Um, when I look at this game, South Carolina, I think is going to be pissed off. I think South Carolina is going to show up. And Mississippi State, you worry about the wounded animals syndrome. You know, they're coming in. We got nothing to lose, whatever, whatever. Mississippi State does have something to lose. They're expecting to beat South Carolina. I can after that performance from last week. So I, I like I like South Carolina in this game. I'm not betting it. I'm not touching this game. Uh aside are the points. Uh, but I do think South Carolina, if I had to make a prediction on it, I'm gonna say South Carolina. 31, uh, give me Mississippi State, 24. Okay. And I got the over 50, by the way, Jake, in the football game. Numbers there you now go. At it's a winner. No, numbers now at 55, by the way. just just a, It opened it oh, like – Oh, it's at 55? Oh, I may be exactly right. It, dude, it, it opened it 
like 48. I was stunned. Either way, though. Special teams. Uh, they know what we know. Special teams. Indeed. They know what special. we know. This is going to be. When, a, this does Will got, Rogers, when does Will Rogers overthrow the cross or right to the safety? This has got sicko game written on. Like, I could just see a bunch of weirdness taking place. Truly. Oh, dude. So. If, if the aliens <laughs> landed on the field halfway through the first quarter and like, all right, we're here. I'd be like, well, it makes sense. <laughs> Jake, let's get into the rest of the SEC slate, man. I want to go a different way, though. Obviously, Florida beats Tennessee, big-time win. Gators have Charlotte this week. Tennessee has UTSA. I think Tennessee's game is a little bit more interesting, obviously, but both are expected to win. Who did you learn more about from that game, Florida or Tennessee? Man, you know, Joe Milton didn't lose Tennessee that game, but Joe Milton's not good enough to to win them games. That's one thing we've said, you know, on Cranny Company the whole time. I don't hate Joe Milton. I don't think he's a bad player, but I don't think he's – you have some sports media members like, Joe Milton's going to win the Heisman because he hit a golf cart at the Manning Passing Academy camp from 90 yards. Whoa. Throw a slant. Um, I I was more disappointed by Tennessee's front seven on defense. Like, I I gave them – Literally, a lot more credit. They caught a lot of Florida, they caught a lot of hype going in that game. Even for well, me, well, they did. But, but if you yeah. look, I will say this: Florida struggled to run the ball against Utah. But a lot of what Florida was doing was East and West. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it wasn't North and South. It was a lot more North and South, more old school Billy Napier pistol style runs against Tennessee. Uh, and and they got and and you know Tennessee could not adjust to not having the tendencies out of the pistol, but they really just got bullied up front. So I learned more that that Tennessee defensively uh, maybe isn't what a lot of us thought they were. I'll tell you this, man, Graham Mertz playing better than I thought he would. Like, he's he's a little bit better than than what I thought. I mean, he's not going to go to the NFL or whatever, but, um, uh, you know, at the, at the end of the day, I, I just I feel like Tennessee is is just an average team. They're just an average team. The Spurs Up show is brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a flavorful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste, and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate the game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. The Spurs Up Show is also brought to you by our friends over at Game Time. Download the Game Time app or head over to GameTime.co and use the promo code Spurs up for $20 off your first purchase. Again, that's promo code Spurs up, SP or SUP, for $20 off your first purchase. Game time is the best ticket buying app available that removes all the stress 
of the ticket buying process. They have things like images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Guys, you can buy your tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps, and you're set. And also, tickets, they're sent directly to your phone. So no more scrambling, searching through your email, trying to find the tickets you just bought. Whether it be the Gamecocks, a concert, a comedy club event, you name it, whatever the event is, buying tickets shouldn't be stressful. And game time is the way to go. Again, that's our friends at Game Time. Go download the Game Time app or go to GameTime.co. And when you do, create an account and use promo code SPURSUP. That's S P or S U P for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. That's fair, and I think that's a fair take. We'll see. It's going to be a lot of fun. I think they're both average teams, to be honest with you. Yeah, one of the the middle-of-the-pack SEC teams. Middle-of-the-pack SEC teams. I think that's Mm -hmm. fair. I think that's fair. Hey, let's go to College Station, Jake. This is a fun one. Texas A&M and obviously the Auburn Tigers, the noon Eastern kick on ESPN. Huge game, obviously, for Jimbo Fisher, Bobby Petrino, et cetera, et cetera. I'll tell you this, Jake. I'm picking Texas A&M but I love the man in the fight that has nothing to lose and is willing to die. That man is Hugh Freeze in this game because I look at it as Auburn has literally nothing to lose. It's year one of the freeze House era. money. It, house you're playing money. with house money. I think you're Auburn house money. is the most dangerous team of the weekend. Your, your thoughts on this game? Uh, Yeah, look, it's going to be tough. I mean, I know A&M hasn't broken through, but they've stacked recruiting class on recruiting class. I mean, they have a bunch of depth up front. I, I've been really disappointed with, with A&M's lack of ability to run the ball consistently. And, and you know, Miami, it was kind of weird the way that Miami beat them. It, was, it would drop back passing. It wasn't Mario Cristobal running it down your throat and play action shots, which is typically what, uh, what you get from a Mario Cristobal coach team. Here's the problem with Auburn. Peyton Thorne, he runs well enough to run the RPO system. He, he throws it decently we knew that when coming from michigan state but he's having trouble reading it like he's he's not making good decisions on the rpo that'd be the last thing that i thought would be his problem and if he does that this week auburn's not gonna be able to move the ball because it's gonna be tough for them to create even even though the offensive line's better it's gonna be tough for them to create movement in the run game consistently i will say they've been very vanilla for the first you know, three games that they haven't really done, even at Cal. I mean, it was just, again, a vanilla ice cream. There was nothing really imaginative from a formation standpoint. They weren't really bringing in new personnel groupings outside of Robbie Ashford coming in to run it. And he hadn't really thrown it a lot out of that package. Uh, so Auburn's got to go in there and catch a few breaks. Connor Wegman's to me is a, a really good player. Um, if you watch him operate, he knows what he's looking at. Doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Uh, the one he th- did throw two interceptions against Miami, but one of them the receiver fell down. You go back and watch the tape; it's he put the ball where it needed to be. He just fell down. Um, uh, but but the the longer Auburn hangs in this game, the more pressure that you're going to start to see on A and M, and they can feel it, right? You're hearing reports the boosters got the money together. Oh, the fans. Uh, um, you know, you'll start to hear. I'm gonna be surprised if Auburn goes up early. If you may hear some boo birds, like to be honest with you, in that stadium. So, does Auburn have a chance? Yes, I've got AM in this game. I bought it down to six and a half. Um, and you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, if Auburn goes, Auburn sees to go there and compete and, and just look look competent. Um, but if they do win this one, <laughs> Chris, if they do win this one, air's about to be all hell break loose in College Station. I almost <laughs> just want to see it for that, mm-hmm. like just to see the roller coaster. Um, but like Jeremy, like Chris, he said, it's all good. I just live in a world where losing a loved one's more important than football. Uh, 
Dude, nobody's saying that, like, that's not true. What I'm saying is if Zach Arnett goes out there and loses, they're not going to forgive him for that because of Mike Leach. This, and we're not talking about your grandmother, like, in your personal relationship. Like, it's, that's not how this works. If, Zach, if Mississippi State loses every game from here on out, they will fire Zach Arnett. They will fire him into the sun. Again, facts don't care about your feelings, dog. You can cry into your hands all you want. I'm just telling you the truth. Auburn could be rolling Tumor's corner, and Texas A&M could be be, on a a roller coaster. They'll burn it down, Chris. (laughs) Could be on a roller coaster like we have never seen before. You mentioned Peyton Thorne. How do you feel specifically about uh, the Auburn offense against A&M defense? Is that kind of weakness on weakness in your mind? I mean, it's it's too questionable. Well, Auburn's got nobody on the outside at receiver who's done anything. It's all slot guys in the tight end. And if that's the case – they're just going to funnel everything inside. They'll be able to load the box, take DeBerry and Grimes, say, listen, you lock up the outside, guys. We're not stressing them. We're going to have the safety shadow the nickel. We may bring in a dime package every now and then, and we'll handle the slot with, with zone coverage. Like, if, if A&M can stop the run with two high safeties, Auburn's in big trouble. Auburn's in big trouble. But if you read the RPO right, like, if you read the RPO right, you put a lot of pressure on the defense. That's why it's called a three-man surface method because it's putting pressure on the defense in three different places at once, and you have that option. You can make them play even, or you can make them dictate, we're going to try and take this away. And if you rob Peter to pay Paul, that's when you start hurting them. But from a talent standpoint, AM has a lot more talented personnel than Auburn has across the board. There's not a lot of position groups that I'm looking at in between AM and Auburn, and I'm like, yep, Auburn's got a better position group there. It's just the truth. Mm-hmm. Now, Jake, I'm going to try to take a page out of your book and use the movie references to describe this next football game. Alabama and Ole Miss, Nick Saban against Lane Kiffin, 330 kick on CBS. Can Lane Kiffin play the role of Dorothy and kill the Wicked Witch of the West? Yes. Uh, if Alabama doesn't adjust, if Alabama doesn't tailor the offense more to what Milrow you know, is capable of doing. Uh, here's my problem. Here's my problem with Ole Miss. I'm not sold that they're that good up front. Mm-hmm. Tulane punched them in the face for four quarters. I mean, they, they they pulled away at the end and ended up covering. But if Michael Pratt's in that game, and look, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, it'd all be a Merry Christmas. I think it's a totally different story. Now, Alabama hadn't set the world on fire up front either. I mean, they didn't touch Quinn Ewers in that game. But Ole Miss does not have Texas offensive line. Judkins is beat up. They are getting Franklin back out wide. Uh, but what I'm interested to see is, is that battle up front. That's what this game's going to come down to. Lane can do it. Lane's going to have it dialed up. He's going to have it, it dialed up like Sark. He's going to mess with splits. He's going to pitch backwards. He's going to put you in conflict and bastardize things the way that Sark did. Sark went totally against rules. He would line up inside. He would cut down the splits to run stuff inside. Nobody does that. Like on that touchdown, and, and David Cohn broke it down on the ping concept, where you have the dig and the, and the post off of that, they did that from a tight alignment. Nobody does that. You typically line up tight to do something wide. You line up, somebody's leaving, somebody's coming. That's how it works. He went totally against that, which is Sark is such a witch. But Lane is, Lane is too. You're going to get some funkiness, and Jackson Dark can run. He leads the SEC in quarterback uh, yards uh, per rush. So, yes, they can. I think Alabama wins this game. How shocked are you at what we've seen from Alabama to this point? I don't recognize them. But, see, it's not just for the reason that everybody points out that's obvious. Yeah, the quarterback play hasn't been line great. Line of scrimmage. Yeah, the line of scrimmage hasn't yeah. been great. But but 
here's the difference. When Alabama, yeah, they had a monopoly up front on the offensive line and defense line. I've talked about it all the time. But not only did they have bigger, more physical, and more athletic players than you, they were also smarter than you from a football standpoint. Alabama, from what I've seen, is a low football IQ team. And it's that's what makes it unrecognizable. I, I'm watching them play against South Florida. Can't pick up a blitz. You're, you're trying to pick up punts in the middle of stuff I've never seen them do. Now, even take away the penalties. They, they're getting penalties out the yin-yang right now. They're an undisciplined team. They're an undisciplined team that does not have a monopoly on all the players anymore. That's why they're unrecognizable. And here's the biggest problem. Now if something happens to Jalen Milrow, you've got nobody to put in. Now we know. Right? Now we know. Ty's going to go like this because that's what young quarterbacks do up and down. Buckner, I mean, you might as well just grab a clipboard, son, and make sure the Gatorade's not too watered down because it's a wrap for you. He's throwing more knuckleballs than Tim Wakefield out there. Uh, so, look, man, it's I think they're unrecognizable because they're just low football IQ, and that blows my mind to say with a Nick Saban coach football, I never thought I'd see that. So that's that's the part that shocks me the most. Jake, what's fascinating about the SEC West specifically is that it's still wide open. We've had all these non-conference losses, but that doesn't really mean a hill of beans when you talk about winning the SEC West, right? So LSU-Arkansas is another big game. We've also got Missouri and Memphis. I know that's East, but that's the, the rest of the conference. What, what if anything, intrigues you out of those games? We also didn't mention Kentucky-Vandy, but I don't, I don't think that's going to be much of a game. To be Watch out for you. Vandy this weekend. You, you like Vandy, really? Plus 390. I don't think it's a bad idea to sprinkle a little bit. Look, Kentucky's not that good, man. That offensive line's bad again. Well, imagine Kentucky loses to them back. They're back bad here. again. That off Devin Leary just panics. You talk about a guy that panics. I mean, he's panicking at the disco, bro. Like, uh, watch him. Whenever there's any leakage, he just, just loses his mind. Crowd in Nashville is going to be up for that Kentucky game. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, they're going to be showing up out halfway through the third quarter when it's close. Right when they get done, right when they get done at the library. They're going to be showing up. But look, Missouri, Memphis, Missouri, you got to bounce back from a good win, too. Like, that's tough. That's not, that's not easy. Brady Cook, I think he's going to play. They said he was questionable. And Silverfield and Memphis, they got some dudes, and they haven't had that big road win, um, you know, as as well. So that one's intriguing. Uh, look, I mean, I think Tennessee's going to destroy UTSA. UTSA, they lost so much production. They lost the Franklin kid to Ole Miss, who's going to play this weekend. Um Probably without but, the starting quarterback as well. Yeah, it just yeah. man, nothing, nothing really jumps off the page too much. But I mean, there's so much going around, man. It's crazy. Yeah. LSU, Arkansas. Any thoughts? Battle of the Golden Boot. It's weird to have that game this early. It really is. It is. Like, it is. Um, no. I like. Sanders. I like. I like Hogs plus seventeen and a half. By the way. Yeah. See, I like the under here. I got it at fifty six and a half when it came out. Um. That's I a just good, that's a good Rocket, number. That's a good number to take. It yeah, out, yeah. yeah w- without Rocket Sanders, uh, not that their ba- their their other backs aren't capable, but they're not Rocket. I yeah. mean, they're not two th- two thirty five out there running. You know, legit four four that can catch the ball out of the backfield. Good in protection as well. They're one dimensional. KJ, at least at this point, hasn't seemed like he take he he has taken the next step after taking a big step as a thrower last year. I thought he took a big step forward as a thrower. Uh, it looks like he's, he's stayed about the same and LSU's got that confidence again. They're back home. Um, I, I, I just don't see a way in which Arkansas is going to be able to put up enough points to be able to be in this game. And defensively they're, they're okay. But, but if BYU's shredding you like LSU, I mean, you're, you're gonna have to call John Walsh and the FBI and, 
CIA and DEA and I, immigration services and CDC. It's just going to be a problem. Jake, let's go to the biggest game of the weekend. It's not in the SEC. It's in South Bend, Indiana, Notre Dame, Ohio State. I mean, this is an all-time matchup here. Uh, what are you most looking forward to in this one? Obviously, this is a pair of college football playoff hopefuls that we'll be watching on Saturday night. Yeah, well, the last time – try and guess the year, the last time that Notre Dame beat Ohio State. 2002, I don't know. I'm, I'm 1936. God. And we all remember how good Notre Dame was that year. <laughs> yeah. With with Ronnie Ronnie White Shoes Johnson running it. <laughs> no, uh, this is going to be. <laughs> I I can't wait to see this matchup because I think Notre Dame. Not that they have better athletes than Ohio State. They have enough athletes at the skill position on defense to be to be able to hang around in this one. Like this isn't just a Notre Dame's huge up front. They can run the ball, but get them out in space. You're going to absolutely toast them. Um, what I think you're going to see is Notre Dame's going to play umbrella coverage, keep everything in front and see if a, a inexperienced quarterback will nickel and dime them all the way down the field. That's what I think you're going to see. And quarterbacks are greedy. They're the greediest people on the planet. right? One of my best friends in the world, a guy named Dave Tollison, uh, played DN for the Giants. He was Strahan's backup. He's the white guy that do the karate kick after the sacks. I was like, who was the best quarterback that you ever faced? He's like, well, it's an, it's an obvious answer, but not for an obvious reason. He was like, it was Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. I was like, why? He's like, because guess what? They would throw the check down all the way down the field if you'd give them to them. All that they don't care. They weren't greedy. They weren't trying to throw the home run ball. If they had to go 17 plays and throw the swing to the running back on the check down every play, they'd do it. That is a very rare trait with quarterbacks and offensive coordinators, honestly, if you want to be honest. So I think McCord's going to try and force a couple downfield when Notre Dame keeps everything in front, or they're going to bend but don't break and hold them to field goals. And I think Sam Hartman and this Notre Dame offensive line is going to be able to run the ball well enough to set up play action to create enough separation. I think it's going to be low scoring. I think you're going to see a team lose this game, not win it. I think it's one of those style games. I think the new clock rule favors Notre Dame a lot. It's going to limit possessions. Um, and, and I like Notre Dame to win this game. I do. Jake Crane of Crane & Company. Jake, before we get you out of here, two games really quickly. I want your thoughts. Florida State, Clemson, FSU, mm. a slight favorite. Clemson seems to be the popular upset pick of the weekend. And then Colorado and Oregon, does Dion's I, I want to say dream season, but does, does the Dion magic continue or does Oregon sort of uh, put, put that fire out a little bit this week? I've got Oregon big in this game. I got it at, I should have got it two weeks ago at 14 and a half, but I got it at 19 and a half. I just, look, it's one thing to be the hunter, Right, you're going out there and you're killing wild boars and antelopes with a slingshot. It's amazing, uh, but now you got to try and kill a rhinoceros with a slingshot, and you don't have your sharp slingshot in Travis Hunter, which hurts you on both sides of the ball. I just don't see a way in which Colorado is able to smoke in their smoke and mirrors their way past Oregon, who's really good up front. Oregon's good up front. That's what Dan Lanning's built out there. He's trying to build an SEC team out in Pac-12 and I guess now Big Ten country, whatever the hell it's called. Uh, so I like I like Oregon big in this. Um, now, when it comes down to Florida State-Clemson, this one's tough for me because Clemson is so backed in a corner, right? Not That first week loss wasn't just huge because it was a loss. 
it was a conference loss. And there's no more divisions in the ACC. So you lose this one, and now you have no tiebreaker with Duke or Florida State, and I believe they still have to play Miami. Mm. It's, it's looking really bleak early in the year for Clemson. But Florida State right now in my mind as we sit here, Clemson's problem is they can't get separation at the skill position on offense. I don't see that getting any better playing Florida State. I don't care how much magic Garrett Riley's able to find. I think Klubnik's legs, not that he's the best runner, but he runs well enough, will keep them in it. I think Clemson's going to you know, play balls to the wall. But Jordan Travis is scrambling to throw. Last year, he would scramble to run. And that is so much more dangerous and has elevated his game and the receivers around him uh, so much that that I like Florida State right now. I haven't made my pick yet, but every time I want to go Clemson, I just think about Dabo running down that hill. And it just, <laughs> it's just tough for me, Chris. <laughs> like, it's just tough for me. Uh, it's tough um, for us all, Jake. <laughs> like, it's but at some point, like, don't you think somebody would tell him? Like, and listen, I, I'm not t- – a lot of coaches do a lot of goofy stuff, right? But man, just something about that. Like, you know, the TikTok video is bad. Like, a tick, a top, mouse goes up the clock, the transfer portal sucks, or whatever, how that ended. That's one thing, man. Like, somebody, you just, somebody just put you on front street on that one. Somebody lied to you. Mm. Somebody, they, they've been lying to you about this one, right? How about this? How about you come out and you wait, and you let them run down the hill, Right, and then y'all go play. I just there's just something about it, man. I don't know. I just don't like. I don't trust it. Hmm. Like it's hard for me. To, it's hard for me to be like, man. They're fired up. Look at Dabo run down that hill. Like it's that. all about it's all about Dabo, man. It's always all about Dabo. So, uh, Jake, last thing before we get you out of here. Do you buy the narrative? Because what I heard a lot after week three is that they're there are sort of no elite teams in college football, like because of the parity. Because, like, do you believe that, or, or do you feel like there's still this gap between the the six to eight that have a realistic shot to win, you know, win the title or go to the playoff, and, and not? Or do you like, do you think it's kind of just open season this year? There's way more parity than there has been in a long time. I mean, who's that team that you look at right now and you point and you're like, all right, okay, there they are. Who else can catch them? Can these teams get good enough uh, over the long term to be able to catch them? I don't see that right now. And you know what? It's great. I love it. I love it. Right? It's like when you get – they send you those pictures. You're like, all right, hey, it's blurry. you got to tap it like to start seeing more of it. You tap and you tap and you tap and it's the picture. We're going to be tapping the picture for a while in college football because I think for the first time, man, I'm looking around. There's six, maybe seven teams, maybe even a couple more that can win this thing. And it's great. Finally, we get a little bit. I don't, it's not always going to be like this. It's not always going to be like this. There's a lot of turnover and a lot of top dogs, but no, I don't think there's an elite team. I think there's a bunch of, of teams that have a ton of potential, right? And, and we don't know yet, which I'm so glad to be on that journey with you guys. Jake Crane of Crane and Company. And Jake, I'm glad to be on the journey with you as well, my friend. It's Mm. always a pleasure. Appreciate you. And one more time, let the folks know where they can catch you this weekend and every single day as well. Man, just keep thinking about Dabo running down that hill. (laughs) (laughs) If you, dude, have you ever seen the video somebody made of Dabo sprinting full speed down the hill and then it cuts to the scene from the water boy where it said, 
he's the stupidest son of a bitch alive. But boy, he sure is fast. Like, I got to send you that video. Just what there. happens, like, <laughs> risk versus reward. What happens if that one time, you could do it right a thousand yeah. times. He hits, he hits but that, that one time, yeah. you hit that snag on that hill. I mean, Maybe they didn't cut the grass good enough. Maybe an animal was running around <laughs> on there and you fall. That's not like, a, oh, I fell down, get up real quick. Nobody saw it. Yeah. Like, it, you're Isaac Newton in all the way. <laughs> I mean, I'd use that in recruiting. Yeah. Every house I'd walk in, like, I wouldn't even say a word to the kid. I would just have a video of him falling down the hill and be like, really? Like, you trust this? You, you want to send your son to this? I just, I don't know, man. Um, Yeah. <laughs> it's just so funny to think about. Like, I just, I, I don't know. Maybe I haven't given it that much time. Hey, but we'll, yeah, we'll just, see it. We'll see it tomorrow at noon, man. We'll see it tomorrow. Yeah, at we'll noon. see it. You better not fall then. Are y'all yeah. gonna, I'm going to lie bet Florida State so quick. Uh, No, but go to. Go to YouTube, type in Crane and Company, C-R-A-I-N and Company. Uh, hit that subscribe button, man. Uh, would love to have some Sacramento guys call in, too. Uh, we've had a couple, but uh, yeah, man, come check us out. It's a good time. Jake and the man, I appreciate it. We'll do it again next week. All right, Chris, y'all be good. Yeah, man, take care. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.